it says this in verse 12. His eyes are like a flame of fire. We can interpret that symbolically, meaning Jesus sees everything. Everything. Omniscient, all-knowing, everywhere present. A flame of fire symbolically means he can see everything. And there's nothing that we can hide that is hidden from Jesus. And on his head are many diadems, those, the jewels that are there, the beautiful raiment of jewels. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. What is that name? We will find out. One day we will know. Then it says 13. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. The word of God. Logos. And the armies of heaven. Arrayed in fine linen. White and pure were following him on white horses. The angel and the saints coming together to make war against the enemy, to destroy the enemy once and for all. Will you be riding on a white horse along with the Lord? I believe so. I believe so. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. That's why it's so important to preach it's so important to share the gospel. We are the ones invited to this marriage supper. We are the ones that are invited here. But there are many that know about this invitation, yet they reject this invitation. I want you to turn to the book of Matthew. And we're going to go over the book of Matthew in scripture here. Go to the book of Matthew. Go to chapter 22. Chapter 22. Chapter 22, the beginning of verse 1. When you're there, just shout amen. Amen. Then it says this. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. And again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. This is God. And this is what you see. God has this great banquet, this great wedding prepared for his son. And who does he invite? He invites the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is the one that says, I'm not going. So his fellow servants are the, are the other Israelites who go and tell the other Israelites that Jesus is coming. Jesus, the Messiah is here. But yet they reject it and they don't want nothing to do with it. But we do the same thing. We, we see the gospel being preached and we don't want nothing to do with it. People don't want nothing to do with it. People don't, don't want to hear it. They have their ears, they have their eyes closed to the truth of the gospel of Jesus. Right. And they return. They return back to their old ways. They return back to that life. But then again, in 4, it says this. And again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. Now, God owns everything. He owns the oxen, the fat calves, and they've been slaughtered and everything is ready. There's some stake at this wedding feast. Five, but they paid no attention and went off. One to, a, one to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. Meaning, witnesses. Witnesses, the Greek word for witnesses means martyr. Martyr. So those who are truly preaching Jesus and are unashamed to preach the truth of Jesus will be killed. Now, you may not be killed here in Arizona, but you're going to get a lot of haters. Yeah. 
if you preach the truth of the gospel of, of, our, of our Lord, the truth of it, you got to tell them the bad news before you tell them the good news. You're not going to have a whole lot of friends. My son was playing a song. We talked about the song of a man of God named Raymond Tisdale. He was a, he was a jazz musician. And he had an incredible gift. He played the bass guitar, but he played it upside down. And he has this, and he was a Christian. He had a lot of praise music. And he was playing this song, and he wrote this song, and I was reading, I was listening to it. And what he said was, he said, ever since I, like, to paraphrase, ever since I came to Jesus, I lost my friends and my family. He's singing beautifully and says that very same thing. Friends don't treat me like they used to. Why? Because he's preaching the truth of Jesus. And when you preach the truth of Christ, it's going to offend everybody. When you have to, but you love them, you have to tell them the truth. And it offends them greatly. They get upset and they get mad. And you lose friends and you lose friends and family. It's like you want them to come to this wedding feast. You want them to partake of the Lord's table. You want them to understand that one day we will be sitting with the Lord, drinking the new wine, having a great meal at the great heavenly feast. And yet they reject it. How many of you ever got a wedding invitation or invited somewhere that you didn't think so much about it? He goes, ah, I ain't going. I don't know why they invited me. I ain't going. That's what people do to the gospel. You invite them and you invite them and I, psh, he's good for you. I, I got my own way of believing and thinking. I don't need to go. But how many of you have ever received that wedding invitation and you just can't wait to that day that's come? You just can't wait to be there. Some of you just can't wait to be there because you bought something smooth you want to put on. But you know what? Whatever. You're going to be with Jesus. And we're going to have the white robes. In all his glory. Sent to all races. All races. Black, white, Mexican, Native, Korean, whoever. We're going to be sitting together all together. There's only one race and that's the human race. Jesus says this himself in the word of God. Read about the, the, um, the soldier in Capernaum and, and his healing of the servant. When Jesus sees this great faith of this man from the, the centurion, he says the same thing. Let's continue. Verse 6. While they seized his servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. Meaning they killed the people that preached the truth of the gospel. These are parables Jesus speaking to the people, the, the Hebrew people here. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Meaning God, just like we read in Revelation 18, God is going to judge and destroy all of those that have tried to eradicate and destroy the church, the devil and his servants. Then it says this. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. So the gospel goes forth to all the Gentiles, meaning you and me. That we become true Israel. We, we are then engrafted into the family, the promise of Abraham from the Abrahamic covenant. We become part of the family. So we then are invited to this wedding invitation. And we are invited here and guess what? We come gladly. We were ready to go to this wedding. So the wedding hall, it says this, Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. Verse 10, And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. Verse 11, But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw 
there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Imagine the look of it. What do you mean? I'm here. What wedding garment? Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness in the place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called but few are chosen now now, now here you get this part here it says there there in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth so you have two types of people that you will see separated from God two types of people the first person is crying like God why am I here I thought I was doing good why am I here crying to God crying the other one is gnashing of teeth, meaning human fury. They are gritting their teeth and cursing God because he placed them in hell. But why are they there? Go back to the book of Revelation. Go back to the book of Revelation. Jump all the way back. Jump all the way back and we'll go back to verse 8. 19 and 8. 19 and 8. It says this, 19 and 8. It was granted her, meaning the bride of Christ, to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. You have been given the righteousness of Christ. You are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. The only reason you are at this wedding, the only reason that you got this invitation is because you will be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness that was obtained that when Jesus went to the cross and to suffer and die and to live a perfect life, all fulfilling all Mosaic law, as Eric spoke earlier, that that righteousness then is given to you. And because you have this righteousness, you are at the wedding feast. But this person was at the wedding. He was just there. And he got kicked out because he didn't have the righteousness of Christ. He was sitting there clothed in his own upright righteousness. Like, I can, I'm, I'm, I know I'm a good person. I know I do good deeds. I know who I am. I don't hurt anybody. I don't offend anybody. I'm good. But even that won't save you. Because there's a lot of good people who think they're good people when we're all bad people. Because all of us, the moment we are born, we are D-O-A, dead on arrival. We're all spiritually dead. Even the moment that you are born as a baby. That's why you pray for your babies. That's why you dedicate your babies. You pray that they would grow up to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You pray that they will be transformed. You pray that. And we believe that. But it's put on you, Deuteronomy 6. You're supposed to raise those babies in the things in the ways of God. You teach these children the oracles of God. Because if you don't, someone else is going to teach them some other mess. So we pray for our kids. We pray for our kids. We raise them up in the ways of God. And I'm thankful to the Lord that all of my kids are in Christ. Amen. I'm believing it. Yes, I am. Eric's here. Aaron's here. Jeremy's in there. And my other one's in jail somewhere. But I'm believing that God has them where he needs to have them. But it comes from the home. When you're at home and you're teaching, when you're at home and you're praying with them, when you're at home and you have your Bibles open, when you're home and they see you praying, they see you are serious about these things, that you just decide, oh, I'm opening the Bible every now and again. No, you are opening the Bible every day and reading every day and studying every day. They know who your God is. And who is leading you and leading your family? We will go down. We will go down to verse 16. Because this is important. This is the, this is the one that people seem to justify the fact that they want to get tattoos. Now you can get a tattoo. That's your Christian liberty. You can get tats. Go and get tatted up. But you can't use this scripture and say, well, this is where I get it because Jesus had a tattoo. Okay? 
Here, here you go. Here you go. 16. Remember, the king of kings comes back on a white horse. We're on the white horse with him. We're coming back to destroy the enemy. Before we destroy the enemy, all the other people that are there, all the, all the people of God will be taken out of the world, back up with God. It says this. On his robe, is it a what? It's a robe, right? A robe. Now, do you know any short robes? Does anybody ever wear a short robe? I don't know anybody who has a short robe. It's just some crazy person. And on his thigh... On his thigh, on his thigh, how long is the robe? He has a robe. Right. And on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. On his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So if Jesus got a tattoo, when did he get this tattoo? Because we know that he fulfilled Mosaic law. He had, to, he had to abide by the whole letter of the law. Now, it just wasn't the Ten Commandments. There were many laws he had to abide by to impute this righteousness unto you. So unless he got a tattoo somewhere on earth before we don't know about, which we know he didn't, then there's a tattoo artist in heaven. And there's, there's probably many there too, right? There's a lot of brothers, the tattoo artists, they saved. And with Jesus... Praise the Lord. Let's move on because we need to have supper together. Verse 17. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun. And with a loud voice he called to the birds that fly directly overhead. I want you to get this picture. We see the king of kings coming to destroy the earth and taking out the men and women of God. Taking them up to heaven. And he comes back. We come back with him destroying Destroying all on earth because the earth becomes redeemed as well. The new Jerusalem comes down and you have a new earth, a new heaven here on earth. You think you see roses are, are beautiful or, or what's the flower? Uh, lilies of the valley. Some other flowers that you see, beautiful flowers. Can you imagine beautiful flowers and all this stuff you, you consider? Imagine that like 10 times much better. Even of what heaven or what earth is supposed to be like. The beauty of heaven. But watch this. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice he called to the birds, called to the what? The birds that fly directly overhead. Come gather for the great supper of God. What supper? God, what are you feeding these birds? What are you feeding this, these birds? We're having, we're having, obviously, we're, we're going to be eating well in heaven. But what are they eating? What are the birds of the air that God calls them to eat? The flesh of the kings. The flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. That's what the birds will be eating. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with the armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and his army, meaning you and me. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet, who in its presence had done the signs, had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast. You have this false trinity, the beast, this false trinity here. These two were thrown into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur, and the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse, and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. The birds ate the flesh of kings, the flesh of animals, God provides for everyone. God provides the carcasses of those 
who tried to eradicate the church, the devil, his false prophets, and this beast. So today, as we come together, join together the Lord's Supper, let us remember that we are invited to a greater feast that we can look forward to. Let's take a moment to just reflect on our life. Let's take just a minute of silent prayer before you approach the Lord's table. This table is for the believer. This Lord's table is for the Christian, the one who says, I have received Christ by faith. I believe his righteousness has been imputed to me. He's paid my sin debt. I'm thankful that the wrath of God has been removed, that God has propitiated, that I am delivered and set free, that I am going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is for you. For those that don't believe and don't understand, you take the time to pray. Take the time to seek the Lord with all your heart. Call on Jesus. This is your time. Nobody is to look to the left, to the right, to see who's sitting down because it's none of their business. This is between you and Jesus. Between you and Jesus. For our youth and our families and all the marriages and all the ministers that are here, this is our time where we realize that God has pushed us forth to proclaim the gospel and to be the light of the world. So let's light up this place for Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, today we come before you and your table, before we approach your table, we, we pray, Lord, we pray and we seek you and we say, forgive us our sins. Forgive us for the things that we've done, that we know we've done, and for the sins that we unknowingly committed. We pray today that you would wipe the slate clean, that you wash our hands before we approach your table. We understand you are holy. You are holy and you will not tolerate sin. So today we pray for forgiveness before we approach your throne. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, the blood of your dear son, who shed his blood to atone for our sins. We thank you on this wonderful, wonderful November 4th day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So from the, we can begin from this side to receive the elements, the middle side, and then finally this side. This is the wine, and this is the grape juice. Please come forth, hold it, and we will take it together.